Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the weekly Runner's World podcast with me, Rick Pearson, and he, Ben Hobson. Hello! Each Tuesday, we'll be bringing you the latest news and views alongside an in-depth interview with an inspiring runner. Coming up, we welcome back the incredible Scott Cunliffe, a Burnley FC fan who has run to every one of his team's away games this season. In the process, he has clocked up more than 3,000 miles and raised a truckload of money for charity. Well, and I thought staying up late to watch Match of the Day was a sacrifice, Ben, but Scott has put me to shame and look forward to hearing more from him later on. In other completely unrelated news, Chris McDougall, author of the seminal Born to Run book, is bringing out... A new tome about running with a donkey called Sherman. (laughs) So here's a top line. McDougal rescues Sherman, who's undernourished and is a horrendous heel striker. Oh, Sherman. (laughs) And tries to give him a new purpose. Uh, Donkeys are working pack animals, reasons McDougal. They are, in short, born to run. So when the author learns about the sport of burrow racing or running with donkeys, he sets out to give Sherman something worth living for. Bravo, Chris McDougall, bravo. I cannot wait for that to drop in October. This... This sounds like a Disney movie. <laughs> this sounds like... This has got... This This is going to be a franchise. I thought you were going to say it's got legs there. This, this is the next Disney franchise for sure. There's no way... This is, this is what's happening. It's going to be really good and I'm going to watch it. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. So tell me then, Ben, if, if running with Sherman isn't for you, right. what, what is your favourite running book? It's, I see, you've caught me out. Because I don't really have one. Okay. Um, I I like books about running, and I like reading. I do enjoy reading them, and especially people's experiences, and you get like nice visions into other cultures around running and, sure. and all those. Sorts of things. But I kind of I don't. Running is such a personal experience that reading about someone else's running experience, I kind of zone out. <laughs> I'm kind of just a bit like. Mm, right. What what I talk about <laughs> when I talk about running, I enjoyed. I remember reading it and enjoying yeah. it. But. It's. I kind of enjoy the the training books more. Right. Give me a training manual. <laughs> Hanson's method. Okay. Yeah. Like yeah. that was one book that I read. I am so boring. That is the one <laughs> book that I read when I went. Yeah, this is going to help me running. Mm. So that's my. In my head, that's like. Oh, that's a great running book. Well, Ben, thanks so much. <laughs> you. <laughs> That's my very interesting co-host there, Ben Hobson, a fan of books, particularly practical books about running. <laughs> Good Lord. We'd be interested to know what um, our listeners have to say. What's your favourite running read? Let us know at podcast at runnersworld.co.uk. This 
is the Runners World podcast. I've heard that supporting a football team can be a very painful experience, so we must spare a thought for Scott Cunliffe, who decided to run to all of Burnley's away fixtures. With the season now complete, we thought it was a good time to catch up with Scott and hear about the highlights. Scott, I think the last time we spoke to you on the Thames path, I don't think that's the case today. No, I'm back in Burnley, feet on the ground. Good to hear. Scott, I mean, I think just to recap, what possessed you to run all these, all these, to all these away games and cover all these miles? Well, it's Mental Health Week and I'm Awareness Week, and I, I'd been through quite a lot of problems myself, and I think I just wanted to keep myself in the game and keep myself happy and healthy, uh, and get a little bit stronger uh, in my running. And uh, running in wild places is what has made me sort of been part of my therapy. Mm. So I just wanted to carry on doing that, but I wanted to mix it. Uh, with a, a big fundraising drive and awareness drive as well. So that's where the challenge came from. Was there any point, Scott, during this amazing kind of odyssey that you went on that you thought, oh, I've bitten off a bit more than I can chew here. I don't know if I'm going to do it. Uh, I think when the fixtures came out, you know, before <laughs> I set off running, I was like, oh dear, you know, running to Southampton was the first run from Burnley. And then the second one was to Fulham. And that's when reality hit. And um, I just had no idea how my body would react to these continuous days of, uh, you know, doing 30 to 40 miles a day. Um, and then, yeah, I guess the first run was really difficult physically because um, I was I was getting doms or, you know, really stiff because I got up in the morning and struggled to get out of bed. And uh, But as I realised that that wasn't injury, that was just stiffness which you could kind of run through, I kind of thought, oh, I can do this, you know, I can I can still recover every day. Um, and you eventually, you adapt and become a bit bit stronger throughout the months of doing it. And you're thinking, oh, it's it's not getting easier, but it's not, it's getting less painful physically. Mm. What's been the reaction from football fans, Scott? Not just Burnley fans. Well, we've seen some great videos of the, of Burnley and, and the, the team and supporting you, but just across across the board to games that you went to, what was the reaction like? Well, disbelief by a lot of people. But I think it was good bridging the gap as well between running and football because, you know, it's it's running was the activity I was doing and a lot of football fans probably just couldn't relate to it at all. Uh, but I think I bridged the gap with a lot of people there, you know, and I've had quite a few people said, oh, you know, I'm going to go out for a run now. You've inspired me to go out for a run. Uh, and that's, you know, that's that's worth that's worth any, any more than anything, really. Um, but yeah, just from opposition fans as well. I've always had good away day experiences. I've never never been tainted by sort of aggression and the violence, which which is often comes up in the game. So I've always had positive experiences, and this just reinforced it. You know, I've always had uh, you know good chat and good banter with with home fans or away fans, and um, yeah, this just reinforced that. So I've, I've come come out with a stronger conviction that you know football is probably more of a force for good than it is a force of evil. You mentioned there, Scott, that you you struggle with your mental health and you had, you had sort of symptoms of, of PTSD before starting this. Um, what's your mental health been like during the, the challenge? Do you feel in a better place now than when you started? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, my self-confidence has grown. I mean, it was always difficult for me asking for things. You know, I'm, I'm not really an entrepreneur, so I was always lacking in confidence in, you know, asking local businesses to, to pay for my hotels or uh, asking sort of, nutrition companies to send me some sort of free fuel 
so I, I've, I've really gained a lot from confidence in, through doing this and just linking in with so many new cool friends and people, you know, or people that I now consider friends. And the only thing I've had a dip in and is is uh, that I've not really been able to overcome is my fear of uh, running or walking over bridges, and I've had this phobia, and I don't really see it as a parallel to my uh, post-traumatic or to my you know previous depression anymore i just think that that's a phobia and i really need to get some special treatment looking at just that phobia um and i've talked quite a bit about a psycho to a psychologist about it but that's something that's been constant you know there's there's like 50 meters out of every sort of 200 mile run that throws a spanner in the works of how am i going to get over this this motorway bridge you know mm-hmm. uh, and if people are with me it's fine and if they're not with me i usually just sort of uh it's more flight, and I find a way under the under the under the motorway. Yeah, I remember doing that with you because I joined you for a bit of your um, journey to Brighton, which must must be one of the longest legs from Burnley. But we went yeah, under the yeah. M25. Yeah. Yeah, and I was so relieved that it was an underpass rather than <laughs> a bridge. But in, rea- in reality, because I was with you that day, and I was with quite a few other, other guys that was running with us, I'd have just grabbed hold of your shirt, and I'd have been fine because the feeling of weightlessness. It, that comes on with this phobia. I just feel like I'm just going to fly over the bridge or fly off the bridge. Um, and I, I used to think that was related to say suicidal sort of tendencies, but I don't think it is anymore. I think it's 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 quite disconnected mm. from that. Um, but that feeling is still there. I feel like I'm I'm trying to be grounded and keep my feet as solid on the ground as possible, which is not an ideal running style. But that's what <laughs> I've kind of do, got to do if I run over a bridge and ground my feet into the concrete, you know, uh, as opposed to trying or flying off. So yeah, it's a very strange sensation. Uh, but I'm, I'm I'm glad that I've finally seen that as a disconnect and it's nothing to do with the depression I don't think so Scott you've been you've been sort of you finished the, the challenge you know for a few weeks ago now what, what have you been doing well how have you filled your time that you were filling with running I, I joined a running club in Burnley uh, Clayton Clayton Harriers uh, so I'm looking forward to running with more people now I've, uh, I'm doing the marathon this weekend so I've just been carried on running really <laughs> but which is, you just do what you love, you know, and that's kind of what I thought. I, I've not done as much mileage in the last few weeks as what I've done in the previous weeks, but just, just enjoyed getting outdoors and, and sort of refreshing my mind by, by running in the local trails. And so, yeah, running will be a constant, but I think the we just hit 50 grand on the fundraising and I'm just really focused on making sure the impact of that money raised uh, is going to be is going to be massive. So taking on responsibility to work with the charity that I'm partnering with to make sure that we do change people's lives as much as possible with the money that's been raised. So having completed this amazing challenge, Scott, then what, what advice would you give to to other runners who might be thinking about taking part in an epic race? It's all planning, I think. Yeah, it's it's planning and, and just believing in yourself that you can do it. I think um, I, I went to a few talks. And you know, read a few books on people doing similar challenges, and it wasn't all sort of like pro athletes doing FKTs. It was like just ordinary people, like getting out of the office. And there's a woman, uh, Elise, who ran around the path of Britain, you know, the coastal path. Mm. Uh, and Peter Thompson, who ran the Tour de France, who was a pretty good runner actually. But but just just ordinary people. They weren't pros, 
and but they planned it and they had a good idea they had a good concept and just dedicating yourself to it financially is the, the question that i get asked most you know how do you make a living doing this and pretty much i've been underemployed and i've sacrificed you know a year's sort of wages uh by doing this so that's the biggest thing you need to uh get your head around and, and probably save up for doing something like this uh as opposed to um sort of you know paying for it yourself you know like it's so plan it get try to get some sponsors that's very difficult to get sponsors if you're not known or if you're not you know you don't have a massive social media following or anything like that so yeah that it's it's once I've nailed it to the board publicly and got it out there, there's no turning back, is there really? Mm. I mean, you unless I'd got seriously injured. Yeah. Uh, but that's a science in itself, I think. It's an art and a science in itself, you know, of really learning to slow down and not push, you know, just to get a bit faster on the day because you, you know you've got to go again tomorrow. So I was always putting my brakes on. Yeah. Thinking, don't, you don't need to... I had one objective, get to the game on time. So my objective wasn't to get the fastest time for all the most distance for the week on Strava or, or yeah. beat someone else. It wasn't that. And there's, you know, to be honest, like there's always a bit of that in you, you know, because you think, you know, I'm going to have to post a really slow time on Strava today. <laughs> From, you know, it's the slowest I've ever done for a marathon. You know, it's like six and a half hours sometimes for, for doing a marathon. It's, which is So once you put your ego aside and you think, no, I have one objective, which was to get to the game on time, and I always felt comfortable that I could do that. Was it ever, was it ever close, though, Scott? Did you ever run it? Like, were you ever like, you know, just get into your seat when kickoff started? Yeah, pretty much. Newcastle. I <laughs> had a sort of an amazing two first two days running to Newcastle over the Pennine Way, and it was glorious weather. Best two days in February on record. The wind was blowing from south to north. It was perfect. Yeah. And I got off the Pennine Way about ten o'clock in the evening. Went into my B and B on a Monday night. And no, I, we're not serving food anymore. It's a small town. So basically, I had like three pints of Guinness and two packets of salt and vinegar crisps. <laughs> and so I didn't refuel. I just thought that's got more nutrients in it. There was nothing else available. I yeah. was completely out. So I didn't really have anything else till the next morning at breakfast. And pretty much my my fuel, my just my energy was down all day. And, uh, and it was just the hardest, you know, Draining run that I've done running into Newcastle, which I thought was pretty much downhill from the Pennine Way <laughs> to Newcastle. I've never never been to Newcastle in my life before, <laughs> so it was, and it was just up and down, up and down all day. And I got there, I got in my seat ten minutes before kickoff, and I arrived, I think, at St James just forty minutes before the end. Right. And I was like running down the road. There was a few people ran with me for the last ten, fifteen k, and I was looking at them. I was like you're walking and I was like running and I was thinking I'm going as fast as I can they were just walking <laughs> walk. they couldn't run you know they had to walk with me and I was like oh how bad is this <laughs> and they pretty much then had to gra- drag me over the bridge basically I was just linking arms and grabbing hold of people as I went for that last <laughs> last K so that was that was pretty epic I think and uh, just but I knew I knew my energy is going to be down today because I haven't had a proper meal mm-hmm. um, and yeah just just textbook error you know but and I, there's nothing I could do about well, it it's you still got there though Scott that's the important thing you still made it there so fair yeah. play get to the game on time was still the motto you yeah. know and that was that's all I allowed my ego to get get into That's that was it so what about next season Scott are you going to do it again or are you going to do something completely different well, there's, there's people asking me that quite a lot and quite a few Burnley fans. We'll wait till the fixtures come out. I'll probably do one or two. There's obviously new clubs that have been promoted into the Premier League. Mm. So we'll probably wait to see 
Uh, maybe do one early on when the weather's pretty good and one, one in April. Uh, but it's more about other people getting out and doing that now. I've had some really good messages. Of, I had a 15-year-old Burnley fan saying, you know, when I'm old enough, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it as well, you know. So I mean, that's that's, right. that's priceless, you know. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I think it's, it's just too big a financial commitment for me to kind of go off and do it again next <laughs> yeah. year. I need to get a job and work and, and just get back to normal and, and you know, focus on the local amateur running scene for now and uh, be happy doing that. Uh, but yeah, I've got, I've got my eye on a few other big runs, but uh, that'll be a couple of years down the line. I, I heard murmurings, Scott, and you, you can tell me this is wrong if you want, but that you you might be looking at the World Cup in Qatar. True, yeah. Uh I think it's I think the football running combination is pretty good. Yeah. And uh I've never been to a World Cup final and it's probably one of the oddest ones to choose, yeah. but it is the next one. But there's a lot of stars that have got a line for that to happen. I think England have got to qualify one, <laughs> uh, which I'm very hopeful of. But two, it's got to happen in Qatar still, and it's got to happen probably in November. And then, you know, then then we've got security and risk assessments and things like that to do. Uh, so yeah, that's that's. But I had three months to plan this last one that I did to, to run away. So I've got three years to plan that one. So hopefully, I'll be a bit more organised yeah. <laughs> by that time. <laughs> Yeah. Scott, just in case anyone wants to catch up with your with the challenge, where can people find out more on the Runaway Challenge? The the Just Giving page is going to be open till the end of May. So uh, the Runaway Challenge, oh sorry, JustGiving.com, the Runaway Challenge. Uh, they can follow me on Twitter uh, and Instagram at S-E-K-O-T-T, at Scott. Um, and yeah, I'll be on there and hopefully I'll be sort of out there and doing some other sort of Encouraging other people to do like like minded things. I, I've talked to a few other people uh, that have done similar things to me, who've inspired me, and been lucky enough to meet them. Uh, and hopefully, yeah, if anyone's thinking of doing anything, please just get in touch, and I can drop you drop you all the kind of hints. And I'll be trying to write something in the next few weeks and get some blogs out and some more details of the, you know, the the geeky stuff. <laughs> okay kit and sort of mileage and yeah nutrition and all those sort of things well we'll look out for that scott thanks again for um for coming on the runners world podcast and, and congratulations on on a, on achieving an absolutely amazing challenge this season thank you thank you guys cheers, cheers scott. Scott. thanks, thanks a, lot. a lot cheers this is the runners world podcast ready to pop the question the jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? 
Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Now, Ben, I'm no Michelin-starred chef, but there is one culinary area in which I believe I have something to offer. Okay. <laughs> the DIY running gel. Oh, God. <laughs> so a lot of runners struggle with stomach issues during races and are looking for more natural fueling alternatives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Through months of trial and error, I think I've created the perfect solution. Okay. So here we go. Here's the ingredients. You will need two bananas three tablespoons of honey, a small handful of raisins, a teaspoon of chia seeds and half a cup of water. You blitz the ingredients in a blender and you pour it into, I pour it into a goo self-serve flask. That's basically a soft flask with like a a twisty nozzle on the end. Yeah, you can get the same thing for um, if you, in like kiddie sections in supermarkets, they have where you make baby pouches. You can have, make your you blended up food for the right. babies and put them in pouches. So get one of those, put it all together. It looks horrendous. It's like kind of deep brown colour. Yeah. But it tastes really good. And importantly, I think it really works. And I hasn't, haven't had any stomach issues since using this gel. Very good. Yeah. Nice nice bit of real hardcore service journalism <laughs> there for you. <laughs> From Rick, famous for his culinary skills. Thank you. Thank you. You're, yeah, very, very, you're very, very welcome. You're very, very welcome. This is the Runner's World Podcast. I think it's time for a delicious slice of running news cake. So here's Kerry McCarthy to feed us. <laughs> How's that? That's really brilliant. Kerry, welcome. Thanks. Good. I'm kind of, I know you shouldn't be on a podcast, but I'm stunned into silence by that introduction. Um, can, can we have that one every week? Yeah. Thanks. Or a different one. Huh? I'll, I'll work out a different one. Yeah, yeah that would like, be good. Sort of George Dawes kind of, Great. what are you going to get? Yeah, that would be awesome. But yeah. let's go with that one this week. Good. Uh, what shall I start with? I've got three things to talk about. Let's talk about what I've been using in terms of gear. I've been using uh, a device called a Theragun. Yes. Which Sounds I think dangerous. you two are familiar with. Yep. Ben, I think you've used it in the past. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's a percussive therapy device, which is a fancy way of saying it's a self-massage tool. And I know many of you out there will think, yeah, I've got loads of those. I've got foam rollers. How's this different? Well, imagine kind of like a power tool. Uh, an electric drill, but except instead of a drill bit, you've got a massage device on the end and you switch it on and it kind of vibrates. It's, kind it's of a back pneumatic and f- hammer. Yeah, it's a pneumatic hammer. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and you run it over your body, over any tender bits, and it's excruciating, but it does the job. Um, it has different kind of settings on it, so right. you can get sort of, you know, not to get too dodgy about it, but softer or harder. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, I'm absolutely loving it so far. Yeah. Um, you can use it if you've if you've got an injury or if you just to kind of wake yourself up or wake your body up. You yeah. know, in the morning if mm. you have like a morning stretching routine and stuff like that, um, as a warm up routine before you go out. Um, it, they are expensive. There are three uh, of them currently. Um, the entry level one is 250 quid, which is a not particularly entry level price. I uh, I accept. The middling version is 375. And the high spec one is five four nine, and the difference between the three of them essentially is how many different types of um, kind of accessories for the end, because they come in different shapes and sizes depending on which parts of your body you want oh, to, right. to give therapy to. Yeah. 
Um, it's like a large, there's a large dome one for like general, and then it gets all the way down to like a kind of like a like a needle point foam bit if you want to like target a very specific yes. point. And then there's like a one with a flat edge, which is is especially good on your the ITB. Because it kind of like like a almost like a you feel a bit like a sort of physical therapy builder. <laughs> it's the only, it's yeah. sort of like you're, you know, you, you, but it is really good. I mean, there you'll probably know more about like the actual science behind the percussion side, right? Like I, I just I don't know if there's like the shockwave thing is to stimulate and to help repair, or if it, it is as far as I understand it, it's essentially trigger point release. Yeah, you know, which is if you've ever had a sports massage, that's the painful bit where the masseuse sticks their thumb or their elbow or whatever it is onto you and your leg starts vibrating and then suddenly the knot of muscle kind of dissipates and it goes away it's it's like that it's kind of it, it's partly loosening the fascia uh, which is the kind of like the white tissue around the outside of your muscles and it's partly obviously just kind of like softening the muscles as well yeah. um but you know i'm i'm a big fan of them you know they're not going to be affordable for everybody but i you know i think you get lots of this kind of innovation. A lot of them don't do the job or promise much and deliver little. I would say um, this is the opposite of that. So it's worth checking out. Yeah, fair play. Uh, moving on. Uh, I mentioned this in the awareness that, that many runners will have seen this already, but I have to mention it for those who haven't. Last week, there was uh, a college track event um, in the States, and there was a 400-meter hurdle race the two guys coming down the home straight were texas university teammates they went over the last hurdle they were neck and neck it was absolutely thrilling um they're called robert grant and the spectacularly named infinite tucker yes yes Um, they got to you know the bit just before the line where it has the numbers on it and infinite tucker's legs started to go he he just wasn't gonna be able to do the last two steps so he launched himself into a full-length superman dive arms out in front and everything um, to get across the line first, because as you know, don't know, it's your chest crossing the line first, not your head that counts mm. where, when you dip for the line. Um, it's absolutely spectacular. If you haven't seen it, Google Infinite Tucker Superman Dive. It's all over the internet. And apart from making good watching, I just, I just think it's a kind of further affirmation of leaving everything out there. Everyone thought this guy was finished and he, he did something unusual and, and he got the victory. It's worming its way in, isn't it? Because this is a sort of the natural end point of we've seen people kind of diving for the line this was a, he launched himself but this is a, this is a new level yeah this it? is not a, like a stumble and then fall over I mean it, there was there was definite grazing going on there oh my god the, <laughs> the impact and the I mean track surfaces aren't they're not pleased Designed to roll around no though. I mean if I was pseudo Chrome, I would be approaching him about some kind of sponsorship <laughs> deal afterwards yeah but it worked didn't it it yeah. did work you know it's actually effective it's not just yeah. a sort of like um showboating is it you know yeah i mean hilariously afterwards he claimed he was just delighted to finish first and second with his teammate and it didn't matter which of them won i would contend (laughs) if that if that were the case he wouldn't have died full length of the line (laughs) yeah um but yeah well done infinite and finally uh this week uh we we definitely need to flag up the extraordinary latest exploits of friend of the magazine nikki spinks um, we featured her uh, across several of our platforms in different ways in the last couple of years. If you don't know who she is, she's a 51-year-old Cumbrian farmer, um, a cancer survivor, a bit of a fell-running rock star, I yeah. would say. Yeah. Um, she is an absolute inspiration to everyone. Uh, and this weekend, she did something called a double Paddy Buckley. Um, there are three big fell races, which are kind of regarded as 
almost like the Grand Slams of fell running, it's sort of classic mountain challenges. Mm. Um, there's the Bob Graham round in England in the Lake District. There's the Charlie Ramsey round in Scotland. And the Paddy Buckley round is the Welsh version of it. And the aim with the three of them is to to try and do each one in under 24 hours, which is tremendously difficult. The Paddy Buckley one, um, which Nicky did this weekend, is regarded as the most technical, I think. And, mm, and yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, it's not the longest, but it is it is the most arduous because you've, the navigation and the, the kind of the technical nature of the train makes it extra hard. Um, she was obviously aiming to do the double, which meant she had 48 hours to try and complete it. Uh, completing it means 122 miles, 94 peaks and 56,000 feet. Uh, if you work in metric, that's 18,000 metres. So imagine climbing 18 kilometres in that time hmm. it's extraordinary she didn't quite do the 48 hours she did 57 hours and 27 minutes but the fact that oh, she was just mad. on her feet for that long yeah up in the mountains doing the do it's just incredible there's just no end to this woman's that's amazing tungsten yeah. kind of yeah. mental strength and physical strength yeah. as well it's incredible and that's so that's now doubles isn't it of the bob graham the Paddy Buckley and the Ramsey, so she's done doubles of all. Yeah, is that makes her the only person to do doubles only of person. all three, right? Yeah, only person. Yeah, so phenomenal, phenomenal. It is phenomenal, isn't yeah. it? it? Really puts the you know your use of that word into correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's very, really, it's amazing, amazing. So congratulations to Nikki. That's that's phenomenal. And actually, I believe afterwards she was offered some champagne, and she she wasn't too impressed by that offer. Or she didn't, <laughs> she wasn't sure if she wanted it. Mm. And while we might not be able to kind of connect to her on the basis of oh yeah, I could go and run up a mountain twice. Um, apparently she refuels on fry-ups and pot noodles, and I think that's probably something we can oh, we can all get down with. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Big fish and chips fan, I think, as well. Yep. Yeah. Kerry, that is absolutely great. Um, thanks very much, and we'll, uh, we'll see you next week. Cheers, guys. This is the Runner's World Podcast. So that brings us to the end of this week's Runner's World Podcast. I'd like to say a huge thanks to our guest, Scott Cunliffe, and to Number 8 Studios in Soho, where this was recorded. For more news, reviews, interviews and much, much more and everything to do with the world of running, please head over to runnersworld.com slash UK. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to our hosts, uh, Acast. And please like and subscribe in iTunes. Thanks so much. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowlin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowlin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlinBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 